This is Be Known, and I'm Kara Fabacher. You're listening to episode 79. We were made for relationship, but so often our relationships are broken. And when our relationships are broken, we are broken. One of our deepest human desires is to be known, but we often have lost ourselves along the way. And this is a podcast to help you get your relationships back to a place of wholeness, a place of authentic connection where you feel truly known. So come on in and sit a while. Let's exchange fear for love and finally see what good relationships are made of. The other day, I was processing a client case with my colleagues at work, which is something we do from time to time to help us when we're stuck with a client. I shared how frustrated I was with the person's situation and decisions in the situation, and I was able to name what frustrated me the most. There weren't great boundaries. She was being mistreated. She could choose a different path for herself. Everything in me wanted her to choose to go one way, but she chose to go another, and I felt frustrated and even angry about that. What one colleague reminded me about in the conversation was how counselors have a duty to honor the autonomy of others. It's one of the main principles in our code of ethics. We must at all times respect the autonomy of our clients. When you read the definition of the word autonomy, you get this picture of a self-governing territory. So like, you know, the United States. I know some of my listeners are listening from other places in the world. But if you are in the United States, we fought for this self-governing autonomy in the American Revolution. We wanted the freedom to make our own laws and choices, and we won it. According to Merriam-Webster, autonomy is the quality or state of being self-governing or self-directing freedom and moral independence. So as counselors, we're taught we must respect each client's independence and freedom in the counseling room and out. This means we respect and honor their choices, even if those decisions aren't necessarily the ones we'd make in the same situation. Sure, we can teach them how to be aware of unhealthy choices and unhealthy dynamics and how to brainstorm better options, but at the end of the day, They're responsible for their own decisions, and we have to honor that, no matter how much we agree or disagree. We can't ever tell a client what to do or what decision to make. We can't push our values on them or what we think is the right way. We have to allow them to decide what their own values are and help them live according to those. So I haven't stopped thinking about this concept after that consultation at work because I think This needs to be not just between therapist and client, but I think as humans, we all need to respect the autonomy of others around us too. Each person has the freedom to choose, to choose this way or that, to vote red or blue, to go to the mass or the synagogue or the church or not go at all to live here or there or do this work or that, to be with this person or not. We all have been given this freedom since day one. When God made man, he immediately gave them the free will to choose, eat this fruit or not. Sure, if you eat this fruit, there are consequences, but you're still free to choose. 
He's not a puppet master or a master manipulator. He allows us to choose. And yeah, sometimes we choose things that aren't great, like Adam and Eve. And we do live with the outcomes of those decisions, the consequences of those decisions. But the point is that he still gives us the autonomy. He still gives us the freedom to choose. He doesn't want us to be fully self-governed, if we're going to use that language, because he does want us to follow him and do what he says. But he's also not forcing us to do that. He allows us to be responsible for our own decisions, including the consequences of our decisions. And I think that's one of the highest forms of love there is. Because he's not trying to control. He's not trying to dictate. He's allowing us to be free. Even if he knows sometimes our choices will lead us in the wrong direction. So for us, you know, regular human people, right? Not all of us are counselors or, or God. You know, none of us are God. So for us regular human people, what does it look like to respect someone else's autonomy? How can it play out in daily life? I've got just a few things here I think could help us grasp this and walk it out in our relationships. I talk about this stuff a lot, so I won't go into crazy amounts of detail with each one of these, but yeah, so let's get started. Number one, respect others' boundaries and what they need. This should always, always, always be a given, but I'll say it again. If a person is brave enough to tell you what they need and what boundaries they need too, listen to me. You need to respect that. You don't have to meet every need they have. That's impossible. And you may not even agree with a boundary that they need to set. But you definitely need to respect that they have somehow found the courage to use their voice to say what they need and the wisdom to honor their own limits. Listen to them when they say these things. Really, really listen and pay attention. That's one of the ways we can honor their autonomy. Two, refrain from telling someone the right thing to do or what you would do in a given situation. This irks me. Oh, this irks me. I think as a parent, I'm finding this kind of hard to navigate though. Like I do need to be the one to tell my kids what's wrong and what's right. But to an extent, is that actually true? I do need to help them come to some sort of conclusion, but I want them to come to it on their own in developmentally appropriate ways, of course. So for example, if my four-year-old Eden takes something out of her sister's hands, which happens every day, instead of me saying, don't do that, Eden, that's not nice, give it back, which is my first reaction usually because I'm just aggravated. Instead of saying that, I can say something like, Eden, do you think it's nice to take something out of your sister's hands? Why or why not? (laughs) If she doesn't. How would you feel if someone took something from you? Do you hear the difference there? The first one, I'm just telling Eden what is right, no questions asked. The second one, though, I'm helping her understand the right thing and why it's the right thing without 
pushing my opinion of it on her or telling her specifically what to do in a moment. She gets to decide it on her own with a little guidance from mom. With adult relationships, this can be hard for people who struggle with being opinionated or think that they know best. I do think there are some exceptions here where this is allowed to tell someone directly what to do. Like a boss. A boss is allowed to tell their employees what to do at their job. But even that can become micromanaging, so it's something to watch. A friend is allowed to tell their other friend to get in the passenger seat if their friend is intoxicated. A daughter is allowed to take her mom to the hospital if her mom is suicidal, even if her mom doesn't want to go. If safety is a factor, you sometimes have to step in and boss people around a bit. But those are exceptions to the rule. And there are going to be people every single day who tell you things they're thinking about or trying to make a decision about, big things and small. But I'm telling you right now, it's not helpful for them or you if you tell them what you think they should do every time. Hear them out. Listen. Do you hear that? That was in the first one too. Be a good listener instead of jumping in. Hear them out. Gently challenge if they're becoming unhealthy or scary in their decisions. Encourage them to seek therapy if they seem to be making one bad decision after another or if they're unsafe because of their decisions. But try to refrain from telling them what you think they should do or giving them direct advice unless that's asked of you. Sometimes they will ask you directly, but even if, even if they ask you directly and they want your advice, I still think it's important for you to remember it's okay if they don't heed it. You, you need to remember that they still have the autonomy to choose what to do with that advice. So number three, practice non-judgment. This is huge. This is so important. I I honestly can't imagine my life without close friends who are this way with me. Like, they are excellent listeners. They try to help me see other angles and other perspectives. And they try to help me find hope if it's there. But what they always do is treat me with this gentle, loving kindness that's so hard for me to put into words. They may disagree with my thought process or decision I've made, but if they do, they still allow me to make whatever decision that is because they know they're not in control of me. I'm in control of those things. I'm in control of my own decisions and they respect it. They validate how I feel. They even give me permission to be brutally honest about how I feel, even if that's not how I was taught to do so from the church growing up or even if if what I feel isn't, you know, what the good Christian necessarily would think or feel. They just let me. They just let me be honest. And I love it. I love it. It has been so life-changing for me. So we're just literally scratching the surface on this, on on what it looks like to respect the autonomy of others. But, you know, here's, here's something I'll say. If a person is consistently making decisions that are hurting you or people you care about or even themselves and are no longer safe for you anymore, It's okay to walk away or set some really serious boundaries. That is still a way to respect their autonomy 
while respecting your own at the same time, because you're allowing them to experience the consequences of their own decisions without stepping in and trying to rescue them from that. And you're protecting yourself from being in the line of consistent hurt, right? You know, I just want you to hear this, though, as we wrap up. We aren't responsible for anyone's decisions but our own. We must let people make their own choices and stop trying to mold them into replicas of us. This is making space for freedom in the relationship, and freedom is one of the key components in a healthy relationship. So can we back off a bit if we're being too controlling or too overbearing or too manipulative or too opinionated? Can we stop talking over people and listen instead? Can we respect others' ability to choose? I need to work on this too. So we're in this together. Thanks for sitting a while with me today, friend. I trust that learning how to respect the autonomy of others around you will help you take a step toward wholeness so you can finally see what good relationships are made of. I love doing this hard, deep work with you, even if I don't get to sit across from you in the counseling room or the table at a coffee shop and process these things. I still love knowing that these things are helping you guys. These things are helping you guys move forward into places of health. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sitting with me today. To finish up, the transcript for this episode will be on the podcast page on my website, karafabacher.com. And a big thanks to my friend Robert Hargrove for our lovely music and Alana Dawson for editing. Until next time, friend, I'll see you soon.